I was coming from delivering a load of round bales of silage. The road is bad. It dips and rises like a roller coaster. I was coming from Fantown. At one rise, the colour of the road changes from black to light brown. There's fresh sand spread there. And I came down, Minor Eye, into Rashidic. To one side, leaning up against the rushes, are three slim bouquets in plastic. Up through Letter League. It was only about a mile and a quarter from home here. On the other side of the road, the land falls away into a hollow. At the bottom, there's long grass. It's flattened in a wide circle. At the centre of the circle, it's black with oil. Sprinkled around the grass are small pieces of plastic, grey and black. Tiny bits of bumper and wheel cover. I saw somebody lying on the road on their hands and knees. And I braked up the lorry. And as soon as I got the road braked up, I saw the car just lying in front of me. Just, I, was up and, I was always on top of the car. Hugh Sweeney. He's talking about coming on a site of a two-car crash outside Letterkenny at the end of July 2016. Only if the man was on his hands and knees in the road, I would have been under the car. Let's be honest, I would have been under the car. He didn't know it then when he saw the young man crawling on the road, but in the darkness behind that man were three dead bodies, all young people, three more statistics in our annual tally of road deaths. But I didn't meet Hugh because I wanted the stories behind the statistics. I was in Donegal because I wanted the story before the statistics. I wanted to know what's going on before the younger drivers and passengers end up in the hospital or the graveyard. And I've chosen younger drivers to learn about because 165 people died on our roads last year and prominent in that number is one group, young rural drivers. For most of us, a car is a way of getting from one place to another and perhaps to express our personality. But few of us do that with the flamboyance of young drivers. They're the brats of the Celtic Tiger era for many of us. Their car use is just part of that excess. And while we might roll our eyes at the behaviour of some younger drivers, we don't engage with them. But I want to engage with them, with some anyway. Because I don't believe a cohort of people suddenly arrive at 17 years of age and go mad with their cars without also being part of a culture that's formed that behaviour. I could have picked Cork. It's the worst for road deaths. Or Wexford. It's pretty bad too for such a small county. But I've come to Donegal for a variety of reasons. The county has made the headlines in recent years for some of the most appalling incidents. It was the single biggest loss of life in a car crash in the history of the state. Eight men lost their lives near Clonmany. And Donegal has some outrageous stories of driver behaviour, like this one. 
Today's Irish Independent carried reports that in particular young motorists in County Donegal have been driving at each other at high speeds. The winner of this potentially deadly game is supposed to be the last driver to swerve. The loser moves out of the way first. But also, Donegal is trying some new initiatives to deal with so-called antisocial driving. And I would ask you to remember how valuable you are to your families and to make the right decision in life when it comes to your own safety. How are you? Come to speak to us now, she passed the test. <laughs> Friday morning, the second last weekend in July 2016. This is a car park in Letterkenny and the first young driver I come across. She's just come out of the driver testing centre here. I'm Kira. I just passed my test. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. What does it mean for you to have passed the test? Oh, I can drive by myself without a full licence driver on with me. Where, yeah. where do you live, may I ask? Um, I live just about 10 minutes outside of town. And tell me the kind of situations that it was most irritating for you not being able to drive. Um, well, if I was in the house by myself and I'd have to sit there all day. <laughs> couldn't go anywhere, like. You have to walk. <laughs> I wouldn't be walking either. Why wouldn't you walk? Oh, I would be too lazy to walk. Yeah, but that's, but that's exactly it. But most of the, young are right. the driving tester who's just tested Kira is passing by and joins in the conversation, Terry Carolyn. He explains that in rural counties, getting a car is a rite of passage. They're just turned 17 and they're in there for their driving test. They can't wait. They must have to have a licence as they're 17. Plus the fact that they're living in the countryside and they're travelling to their work and they need to have a licence. I mean, if I have worked in Dublin as well and the age gap of people doing their driving test in Dublin would be 10 years higher. Late 20s? Oh, yeah. Have they more sense then in the late 20s? Well, here, every young fellow wants to have a diving licence. Terry says that you just can't live without a car in some rural areas. He says the oldest person he tested was a 90-year-old woman. I can't remember the outcome of the test at this stage. <laughs> Tell me you passed her. <laughs> we don't pass anybody, they pass themselves. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea, they have, they have control over the test, it's not you? Well, no, no, we only make a decision. Like, if anybody passes or fails the test, like, we don't. Like, they pass or fail the test themselves. I wonder why she decided to do it. Possibly her partner had probably passed away or something. That's normally when you get the older people coming in. She had probably been getting driven around for years and all of a sudden they're on their own. Yeah. Kira's friends Jordan and Lauren have arrived. I don't know, yeah. Jordan parks his car inches from Kira's and they roll the windows down. <laughs> Having a car at 17 means you've grown up, but it also means grown up bills. I go through 150 euro petrol a week. Mm. Radio while I'm driving. 150 euro? Mm, a week. Where'd you be driving to? Everywhere. I drove around the town one night from 6 o'clock in the evening to 6 o'clock in the morning, driving around and around that. <laughs> That's no joke. But I was only started driving then, like so. And what were you doing? <laughs> just driving around and around and around. You know, you're just out for a wee nosy, see who's about. The wee nosying is done right here. This is the spot for it here. In <laughs> so if I was to come here tonight, I'd get people chatting, would I? You come on a Friday yeah, night, yeah. That's the the bee bobs. bobs. This is the spot. What's a bee bob? That's the, the, the hairdressers. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> and this is what it's called? This yeah. Is where, this is where we hang out, like. <laughs> that's that's the highlight of Letterkenny there. Is it? Mm. Jordan gives me tips on how to drive into Bebop's on a Friday night. Give a rave of the car. <laughs> that's a sign because they sometimes think it's a guard, so they'll scatter. So you come in, give a wee, you pull in there and rave it pure loud, and then they'll be all right. 
Bebop's car park on Friday evening. If the cars are these guys' toys, then the people of Donegal have designed the ideal playground. Letterkenny, like many Irish towns, has been hollowed out by car users. The main street is no longer the retail hub. The business is carried out in retail parks around the town. Tesco, Dunn's, Argos, Next. They're all surrounded by big car parks and fed by circular roads going around the town. One of those roads is Pierce Road, which runs past the complex, which houses the driver testing centre and Bebop's hairdressers. The young drivers all park their cars in front of Bebop's and face Pierce Road. They can chat to each other and keep an eye on the traffic going by. Equally, the traffic on Pierce Road knows that if you want to show off, this is the place to do it. As you pass the line of cars in Bebop's car park, this is where you rev or wheel spin. In the cars in the car park, girls and boys do what girls and boys do. Slagging. No, he's at TV. He watches weird porn around her. Snapchatting. Storytelling. I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with it. And singing. Do you know what it's like to feel so in the dark? <laughs> well, you're the shining star. This is Kelly and Sarah. They're in Kelly's white VW Golf. What is that for? I'm doing a programme about cars in Donegal. Right, okay. Oh, we socialise away here in Bebobs and we just uh, cruise away in Bebobs. <laughs> we cruise away in Bebobs all the time, just. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Now you sit here for about 10 minutes and there's no about then you just do you a lap around the town and you come back here for another 10 minutes. And some people pull in beside you and just chat all night. Tell me what you're doing on your phones. They both have their phones out and they're both on Snapchat. It's an app for sending messages, usually with pictures or video. Do they send you snap back then? Yeah. All right. Do you make sure that you look nice in the picture? Oh, yeah. uh, you have to make. You have to in case they screenshot it. Because if, if they screenshot it, they take a picture of your photo. Like. Every so often, they turn on the interior lights in the car. I know. I turned them on to take a picture of myself. <laughs> <laughs> a Snapchat message comes in. Holy f- your fit. Who is that? Gary. <laughs> he is pure like blonde too. He's white looking. So this is what we talk about. See what girls do when they're in the car, they just judge people. See Aye. everybody walking past that boy there, I don't like him because he has yellow trousers on. Aye, like that's what we, we just judge everyone. You just like. judge everybody. Like, see that car, don't like it. Like. No, it's ugly. See some of them cars people drive, it's their mommy's cars. Yeah. How like, do you that's know? his daddy's Jeep there. Whatever about judging a guy for the colour of his trousers, when girls are judging you for the car you drive, you know it's no longer a means of transport. This high-speed machine is now central to who you are as a young person. Like that there, that there's his mommy's car over there. That's not his car. Why, why would a young boy drive that car? I was asking about the difference between boys' cars and girls' cars. Well, boys drive back-wheel drives. Oh, up here. Okay. Uh, most of them drive back-wheel drive cars. Why is that? Just so yeah, they, can diff, they can diff and drift and do everything like that. Diffing is driving in really tight circles. This manoeuvre leaves circular tyre marks on the road. You'll find videos on YouTube. Drifting is skidding the car sideways as you travel forwards. This leaves wavy tyre marks along the road. I'm selling my car. Are you? Yeah. Well, and what are you going to buy? I want that there BM, that red BM. And how much would that cost? 
I don't know, maybe 12 grand or something. Yeah. Where will you get 12 grand? In my bank somewhere. In my bank. She'll find it somewhere. And what about insurance? Is insurance very expensive? Four and a half grand in this. And provisional license. And provisional license. God almighty. Yeah. And you working? No. <laughs> so I don't where's work. the money, com money coming daddy. from? From your daddy? Aye. Uh, Get like the flies around. I live the life of a princess. Aye. <laughs> 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 The young drivers in Bebop's car park tell some pretty scary stories. For example, Kieran. He's in an ordinary small Toyota because he says he wrecked a much better car four years ago. 125 miles an hour. Had eight steel pillars, two ASB posts in the wall. And that was it. Still standing. Still standing. Love it, tell the tale. Explain to me why you were going so fast. I just... Uh, no reason, just the moment of madness. That's all it was. And just to get a picture to see what you, the car could really do. And that's what she could do. 125. She wouldn't go no harder. What about belts? Seat belts? One not big fan of seat belts now. Do you have that one on? I do, I only because I've seen the guards earlier. Mm -hmm. Why do you not wear them? I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable wearing it. Hey. Oh, that night it saved my life, no doubt about it. Super saved my life that night. Oh, you had it on? Uh, that night, I, uh, if I didn't have it on, I was dead. So why did you put it on that night? Don't know. Just had it on that night. And I was, uh, don't know why I had it on, there was no particular reason. Uh, just, it was on that night and it saved my life. Uh. In the back of Kieran's car there's a small boy. He looks about eight or nine years of age. That's my wee boy. Huh? Alright. Yeah. Was he around when you had the crash? He was, eh. Uh, why having him, did that not stop you? Don't know. Kevin! Does my wife know what the Raven's about? Hey. Is this your gap <laughs> When you talk to the young drivers in Bebop's car park about road safety, some of them talk about a road show they went to in transition year. It's an event run for 3,000 students over three days. This is from the video of the 2015 show. The county councilman who organises it is Brian O'Donnell. Done and a scene dispersed with music and video clips. It's like a nightclub scene when the kids go on there. The show begins with an actor. He's playing a young 17-year-old named Sean, who's just got a new car. Sean has an accident. Then there follows a series of dramatised films and talks from members of the emergency services about what dealing with Sean's accident is like. As the show progresses, the kids in the audience obviously think that it's, this isn't real. I know you've all been waiting to hear how Sean is getting on. Then an A&E consultant comes on. You're wondering, has he survived? She puts up a slide with the words, your son is dead. Well, tonight, thankfully... I don't have to come out and give Sean's parents the worst news. Then the A&E consultant puts up slides of x-rays and brain scans. His spinal cord has been damaged and he's going to be paralysed from this. A&E consultant will highlight to them that a number of them sitting in the audience today will be dead within five years. People that have sat in their seats previous to them have died in road traffic accidents. It could be you. And the atmosphere drops within the auditorium. 
very, very quickly when this happens. A spotlight follows Agarda as he walks through the audience. He's pushing a young man in a wheelchair. And to see a young fellow being wheeled up onto the stage in a wheelchair that has lost his arm, he can't walk, but he has numerous operations. Two broken ankles, two both He talks about the injuries he received in a road accident. And then he asks the audience to stand and applaud all the day's speakers. This is something he says he can no longer do. Then one of the most powerful speakers of the day. And six months later, she was dead. The mother who had lost a child, the child went out to a dance that night, and the next thing you'd guard her at the door telling her her daughter was, was dead. So I never imagined that I would have to get to Kelly's She says she never thought she'd have to pick out an outfit to give the undertakers for her daughter or a place in the graveyard for her to be buried. And she has the bravery to stand in front of all these kids and tell her story, bring tears to your soul. And I would ask you to remember how valuable you are to your families and to make the right decision in life when it comes to your own safety. Very harrowing now. But the tone of the kids when they come out is, is pretty different to when they go on. Brian O'Donnell from the County Council is a zealot about road safety. His mantra is seatbelts, speed and drink driving. He says unfortunately drink driving in Donegal is increasing. The other numbers he watches are the county's road death figures. The current five-year average is 14 deaths per year in Donegal, but in the third week in July 2016, it's looking good. So far this year, Brian says, one person has died on the roads in the county. I think we are having success. Our target is to have that number reduced to 10 on average. Back in Bebop's car park. Ah, there goes my nail. In the car park, no one gets out of their car. Either you talk with the people in your car, or you pull up close to another car, roll down the windows and chat. The cars are like sitting rooms on wheels. They're eating, playing music, messaging. One group of young men in the car explained to me that for them, the car has replaced the pub. We don't really drink much anymore. We used to when we were younger, but now we don't. So we certainly, like, the best crack we have is when we meet up and play the PlayStation or just meet up and have a chat like this here. It's a good meeting point because a lot of people now love with their parents. It's not easy to get a house on your own. It's, it's not cheap. So you meet, you meet with friends where you can, and this is a good place. Even though these 20-something-year-olds are living at home, it doesn't stop them slagging off the home cooking. One lad said he was served up a piece of steak that was as tough as a boot. <laughs> oh, well, no, I always get steak for dinner. I hope your mother hears this. <laughs> I hope my mother hears this. She's not getting fucked the this week from them awful sandwiches she made during <laughs> Jesus Christ, you could have drove Neil's with them. <laughs> what, was it? what was in them? Roast beef. <laughs> But the bread was as hard as a goat's knee. As we're chatting, the car goes racing by on Pierce Road. Not everyone's like that. No. But there is a small minority, obviously. Showing off to the other boys, I'd say. The mood in the car park is great. Lively. Santa Keelan! Down the line of cars, one of the boys, Sarah and Kelly, were Snapchatting, has pulled up beside them. He'll tell you about his Jeep. Jeep is cool. Right. Machine. Keelan fancies me. Did you Snapchat them back? Ah. Uh, 
And what do you put on the Snapchat he thinks? Everything. Cars, farming, everything. What do you put on about farming? I just photos of tractors and calves and everything. Do you? No. And you have a red satin headrest suit? Aye. That's the that's the boy racer look. Have you had any accidents? No, I just took a bumper of a yacht one day, that's about it. I wrecked an Evo, wasn't it? What's an Evo? Do you know like a really a fast car. car, an Evo wait? A really fast car. Uh, it cost like 12 grand. Jeez. I wrecked her. I had her five days and I wrecked her. Oh god, I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Uh, I was drunk. Were you? Uh, I'm actually being serious, or like... Are you? Uh, why? Actually, I'm being serious, yeah. You're not drinking or driving anymore, No, I'm not drinking or driving. How did you manage to stop? You just smile and wave. No, I mean, how do you manage to stop drinking? Oh, right. So I was like, what do you do if you're stopped? Oh, I just... Bad oil habit, I just stopped. You should never do it. So you shouldn't? No. Never. And then when I'm, when I'm out the road and I see all the, the skid marks and everything like that oh, on the road... That's Kelly. That's me and him. And why do you do it? But a crack. Tell, tell me what the crack end it is. It's going, like. It's going. Everybody was watching it, like. And you just get pure excited. That was a good crack. You go back the next day then and say, that's my markings. If Keelan was caught and brought before the courts, he could be fined or lose his licence. But there is another interim option. The guards and probation service in Donegal have seen the parade of young people through the courts for so-called anti-social driving. They approached a local organisation to arrange training in self-control and social responsibility. Now, if someone comes before the Letter Kenny Court for antisocial driving, before the judge sentences them, he can decide to send them on this course. If they attend and perform well, he can take that into account when passing sentence. <coughs> One of those who went on the course is Brian Friel. We're north of Letter Kenny, outside his house out in the countryside. He's banned from driving for two years, having twice been caught driving without the proper insurance. He has no car. That's it. We're an empty driveway now. So that's weird to use it. Yeah, it is. At the time, there could have been six or seven cars here. <laughs> he says the work they did on the course on self-control was pretty good. How to stand up and say, no, look, I, I need my licence. Like young fellas going out and showing off. If you just want to do it, go ahead and do it. Just be more confident in yourself, look. Brian is in his 30s. He was the eldest on the antisocial driving course and one of the biggest differences between him and the younger drivers was in his attitude to being stopped by the guards. These boys, it's as if they stop you, just go, yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir, kind of thing. So is that what happens? Fellas start giving the yeah, guards... They give the guards a bit of, fuck, bit of grief and next thing you know yourselves, I'm going to seize the car if that's what your attitude. What were you like as a young fellow when you were in the car? Oh, I would have been the same probably when I was younger and like, I had no real respect for the guards. Like, and what were you like driving? Uh, speed would have been a big thing. Uh, I liked the speed, all right. Never was caught for speeding, but I liked it. Uh, what is it about it? Uh, just an adrenaline rush, that's what it was. What's the buzz? Where, where do you get the adrenaline from? Just being out of control in the car and trying to keep her under control kind of thing, you know. And that's something that you don't hear people talking much about when it comes to rural driving. It's a lot more thrilling than driving in the city. Your skills are challenged more by narrow, winding roads. Breaking into corners, taking a line and accelerating out. 
Yes, these roads are an impediment if you want to get from A to B quickly and safely, but if you like a challenging drive, and the main skill you need driving in a suburb is staying under 50 kilometers an hour, then driving in the country can be a lot more fun. Back in Letterkenny at Bebop's car park. Where are you beeping at your man? Oh, they're friends of ours. My boyfriend just. <laughs> like the song, do you? I'm rolling. Sarah and Kelly in their white VW Golf have been parked up for long enough. It's time for them to do a tour of the town. Check out what's going on and be checked out. I squash into the back with two fellas, Aaron and Carl. What's the beeping sound? Is he built? Is he built? Do you put them on? No, do you? No, we didn't. Why don't you put them on? not driving that fast. I'm kind of shocked that they left their seatbelts off until I realised, listening to the recording later, that such was the fussing and messing about getting into the car and being squashed in with the lads and heading off around the town. I'm not wearing a seatbelt either. So uh, this is LK here. What are you looking out for when you're looking when you're looking out? Men and women. Looking for men, men and women. That's all. Women. We're looking you're... for a boy in a silver golf, me Kelsey. Uh, silver golf, no sex, silver golf. <laughs> <laughs> While Sarah and Kelly are looking for a boy, Aaron and Carl are looking at cars. Look at that red of Emsa's there. Look at that. That be fusion. One point four TDCA. And we've arrived back again to Bebop's car park. Thanks a million for that. No more. Do you have a good cruise, did you? I did, it was great. Yeah. Did you feel young again, do you? What? Did you feel young again? Ah, sure, you hit a love on the edge. Good night, God bless. Thank you. The young drivers in Bebop's car park know that in the story of road safety in Ireland, they're the baddies of the peace, and they're fed up with it. I asked them then, what about the county council man's mantra of speed, seatbelts and drink driving? On speed they say that they don't speed because they put so much money into their cars that they're afraid they'll damage them. The only ones who speed are the ones who don't care about their cars. Their cars, they say, have been lowered. But this means if you speed on back roads, they'll get damaged. The sun is too close to the ground. Oh, I see. Why is the car so low? Locks. It looks better. It looks better. Locks. Pure locks. <laughs> On seatbelts, they say that older people are just as likely to leave them off. I just find that because it wasn't enforced back then, they're just used to not wearing it, whereas I was brought up to always wear my seatbelt, so I always wear my seatbelt. And I met a taxi driver in Letterkenny who refuses to wear a seatbelt so he can get out and chase people who are dodging paying the fare. I'll have two or three of them tonight. You'll have two or three runners tonight? Right. Guaranteed. They'll just go to get out of the car to pay you and the next thing they take off running and they'll go on through a housing estate or they'll go on through their next door neighbour's garden. Or... And you're not afraid of having an accident? Well, I've never really thought on it. Like. You're about to be busy tonight. He says he's not worried about guard the checkpoints because he says they're non-existent. I haven't seen one, I would say, in about two, maybe three years. Ah, you're joking. No, I'm not, no. You see the ghetto van, but you'll not see a checkpoint. Like. You see the speed van? Uh, but you won't see, a, you won't see an actual checkpoint. The young drivers back in Bebop's car park say the taxi driver is wrong about checkpoints. Oh, well, he mustn't be looking because there's plenty of checkpoints. Oh, yeah, there is, uh... 
They might they might not do ones on the main street here or anything like that much anymore, but out like in rural areas, dual carriageways, stuff like that there, they normally have one set up ready to go. And on drink driving they say the same thing. Stop pointing the finger at younger drivers. Well I think of drink drivers, I think of people in their sixties and fifties and sixty. Do you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I seen it happen today. What about did you? Yeah. Where? Blink air. I mean, I'll buy it steaming. I'll buy it steaming. Half on the gear. Really? I swear to God. And did you watch him driving down the road? He moved, get, moved over the car park and that was about it. But I mean, he must have been 50 or 60. On a Friday night, all the pubs, all the car parks and the pubs are full, and then come 2 o'clock in the morning, they're empty they're again. Empty, yeah. That's, young so people drive, aren't drink drivers. Home. Don't have the money for it. You get the no. odd one that does, but most of us aren't. This is a pub with cars in the car park. It's way out in the country, west of Letterkenny. There are smokers in the doorway. You always keep a sober driver. One yeah. man will stay sober for yeah. one night, uh, okay. and then he just drinking the next night, you know, and then somebody else takes over. Right. But you, you, you can go down there and out of that school down there, and maybe nine times out of ten you'd be slapped at that school down there. Oh, jeez. Oh. A tourist comes out of the pub to have a smoke. We'll be driving home, which we shouldn't really be doing, but, you know, how are we going to get home otherwise? And how, why shouldn't you be? Well, because we've had a drink. Okay. And you don't there's, have, you... There's, there's only one way to, to get to a pub out in the middle of nowhere. And at this time of night, nobody's going to ride a bike. Okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you a funny story. And we were sitting here, and we just leant against the windowsill here, and suddenly a, a jacket fell down, and the, it said Garda. There was a police officer drinking it. And it was, oh, Jesus, we thought, God almighty. So my brother kind of asked him, like, a bit discreetly, it's OK, he, he asked, he said, he, 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 I don't know, I'm not sure if he was on duty or not. But he asked where you were going. We said, we're just, like, a mile down the road and then up the country lane. And he said, OK, like, I live in Sweden, that wouldn't happen. What would happen in Sweden? Oh, God. Yeah, in Sweden, it's more or less zero. Right. And if you get stopped, it's, like, your licence. That's it? Pretty much. So what do you take a chance here? <laughs> well, because... The laws, of, the laws of physics are different here, are they? If you're uh, well, you know, I've been coming to Donegal every year the whole of my life. My parents have done it before me, and... Yeah, it's always been the kind of Donegal way. Back in Letterkenny, there's the usual crowds leaving the pubs and clubs. <laughs> There are also two huge tractors on the main street. Big blue New Hollands with lights blazing front and back. Not being from the country, my assumption was that they'd been out working late and came into town for a quick bag of chips. But when I went back around to Bebop's car park, all the cars were gone. But there was a 40-year-old tractor there, a Ford 46. Three young lads were working on it. I'll that up there. Whatever. It seems that the car culture in rural Ireland, which means you drive your mammy's car at 17 and a modified car at 20, starts with a tractor at a much younger age. Bloody hell, is that the battery? What's uh, that there? Is there some size in it? It's huge. Why does it need to be so big? The bigger the battery, the bigger the women's are. The first thing a woman looks at is your battery. <laughs> Why are people bringing, bringing tractors into the town? Just young ones, you know, that are uh, just old enough to drive tractors, but not old enough to drive cars and they want to be on their own, on the crack. 
Connor, Trevor and James, 15, 16 and 17 years of age. The tractor is not used for farm work, but is a runaround for the lads until they can get a car. The insurance costs 50 quid and there's no road test. So how far did you come in on the tractor? Bobby. 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you drove a tractor for 45 minutes. Uh, after the night again, leave here at 3 o'clock. Really? <laughs> we have friends from uh, Church Allen, place like that. And this year's kind of in between Church Allen and Bobby, so sometimes they come on the tractor too and we right. chat. Uh, <laughs> Go take the exhaust off. Oi. Make it louder. <laughs> Not really, are you? Yeah, a bit more attention. Get more woman. More women. I <laughs> can't wait to see these women. <laughs> How many years are you going to be coming in on the tractor before women start looking at you? Oh, Jesus. I've been looking before you come on. Uh, tractor, to, 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 to women, the tractor means money you see about here. I'm telling you, boy, you're going to get to. You're going to get yourself a tractor. <laughs> you guys are so foolish. What, what are we at whenever you're 15 and 16? I've uh, been chucking serious and going around wearing berries and smoking pipes. <laughs> Just before I left the lads, I told them I was also interested in older people and driving. They told me about a man they know who's over 100 and still driving. Oh, yeah. Just uh, parks up that place, junctions or whatever. And see him, a re-red car. Re-red car. I'll be 103 on the 23rd of October. And you still go out every day in the car? I do. Jack Hannigan. I passed every test that was ever said on me. Lorries, buses and cars and everything. Jack's usual routine is to drive his small red Volkswagen to various places in Ballybuffet and Stranorla. I go to the football field in Ballybuffet and I go up to the graveyard. Once Jack parks up, he sits in the car and watches the world go by. And occasionally, the world stops to say hello. Everybody that passes up and down speaks to me. Well, they lean into the car to see, to talk to you, do they? They do. Some of them, I open the door, just let them stand hold the door and speak away to me. Do you gossip? Do you gossip? Keep an no, eye? No, I do not. For all lies, anyway. All lies, he says. And Jack Hannigan bookended the documentary nicely, I thought. A 103-year-old man hanging out in his car and socialising, just like the 17-year-olds I was trying to find out about. But the documentary doesn't end with Jack's interview, because a couple of days after recording in Bebop's car park, this came on the news. Just before five this morning, a car carrying two young men collided head-on with a van on the inbound carriageway of the N13 near Letterkenny. The occupants of the car... Early Wednesday morning, July 27th, Dermot Boyle and Barney McGinley died. Three people have been killed in a head-on collision between two cars in County Donegal. It happened just before 1am between Letterkenny and Ballabuffet. Early Thursday morning, July 28th, Stephen McCafferty, Teresa Robinson and Kayla Mamurka died. Nationwide, it was the worst week so far in 2016 for collisions. There was no lights, no nothing, the whole, the back it was next to me, you know what I mean? Hugh Sweeney, a local lorry driver, was the first on the scene of the Thursday crash in Trentaboy. You may like to know that what he recalls is distressing to listen to. Here I see the car just sticking in front of me and somebody hanging out of the passenger side of it. So I jumped out of the lorry, went down to the person who was hanging out of the car and I shouted it, no reply. And I put my hand down, touched her in the back and she was stone, she was cold. She was stone cold. Really? Oh, she was cold, yeah. They were that long dead? Oh, she was dead for a while now. And then I happened to look up the hill and seen another car lying over in the hill and I went over and I shouted. Nobody spoke. 
and I went down into the car, I think it was on the hill, and there the fellow was lying in the car, and I reached in my arm on the window and gave his shoulder a wee push, but oh, he was stuffed, he was gone. And the other fellow was lying, just lying like a ragdoll, lying at the hind wheel of the car. And that's nearly all I could tell you because I, I, I started to tremble. And I just, that was something I got bit, I wasn't able to go any further. We normally think of the emergency services and the impact on them of finding bodies in a crash. But of course, it's often ordinary people like Hugh who are the first to arrive. How do you measure the impact of a site like that on someone like him? Well, Hugh measured it by the effect it had on his farm work the next day. It took me, to feed the pigs, it took me uh, three hours yesterday morning. Aye, and I should have them fed in half an hour. Why? How did, oh. uh, I was just... Everything I left down, I don't know where I left it. And, you know, when I left down the book yesterday morning, I didn't know where it was or what I was doing. And <laughs> I was badly shocked up yesterday morning. But, of course, it's understandable, isn't it? Oh, it's very disheartening when something like this happens. Very, very disheartening. Back down in Letterkenny... The road safety man from the council, Brian O'Donnell, is in a very different mood from the previous week. Oh, awful altogether. Donegal had five road deaths in two days, but it need not have been that high, he says. Four of them were supposedly not wearing a seatbelt. So at the end of a week like this, do you think you're wasting your time? I haven't spoken to you last week. At the time, I thought things were actually in the up, but in the heart of hearts, you know every weekend something's liable to happen. Are people too young getting into cars? I think sometimes they are too young. We basically decide who lives or dies when we step in a car on the road. Down at Bebob's car park, the young drivers say the crashes won't change the way they drive. They're safe enough already. One driver says the week's deaths will have an effect on him. I'd say put fear of God on the every young fellow. Kieran. The driver who wrote off a car four years ago and only survived because it was the one occasion he was wearing a seatbelt. So the council and the guards and everything are going on about trying to stop people. Mm. And one of the things they say is, look, people just won't be told. Like, how would you stop fellas from speeding? No, you can't stop nobody from speeding, no, no matter what. Like. And listening to that as a middle-aged man, that's hard to fathom, not being able to have sense in a car. However, as I thought that, I recalled a memory that came to me driving up to one of the crash sites that week on winding forest roads. I was 18, driving my parents' car in the countryside while on holidays. So much more exciting than driving in the suburbs back home. There was one particular humpbacked bridge on a turn. If you hit it fast enough, the front wheels would lift off the road and you could turn the steering wheel with no resistance. In the back of the car, I had my young sisters. The thoughts of it now horrifies me. In Letterkenny, the statistics made real. Five funerals in one weekend. You know when they see a priest coming to the door, they, they usually know it's, it's not good news. Outside St Eunan's Cathedral, Father Eamon Kelly is preparing for one of the funeral masses. With this afternoon sermon, I, uh, I will try and, and, and focus on the hope that the death and resurrection of Christ gives. And then I will also plead for people to learn to use our roads in a better way, to be more careful and cautious, to be courteous, and always to try and come safely to the destination.
One of the most dispiriting conversations I had in Bebop's car park was with a group of young men in a car. They wanted to know why I wasn't frightened to approach them. Most older people dislike them, they said, and feel intimidated by them. I liked their boisterousness. They giggled and laughed a lot, made silly jokes. They were kind of immature, but so what, they were young. I told them I wasn't afraid to talk to them. But what I didn't say was the fact that they were in charge of a car made me nervous. If I was sharing a bus with them, their immaturity and their noisiness might be mildly irritating, but sharing a narrow country road with them, truly terrifying. Good afternoon to you all, and I welcome you to the cathedral on this very sad day for our community, this sad day for our town, as we lay to rest yet another young man who lost his life in this traffic accident. As we gather for the Mass, we come to one who suffered death and died at a young age. 